and welcome to the downloadable concept, thick and creamy and brown colored. It's the chocolate ripple stripe of Jeb Ranch. The word for today is carpentry. She's sweet. She's badly. Am I? Am I really fucko? <laughs> <laughs> she's sweet. She's dense. She's very white. It's the vanilla stripe of Foxley. You made me vanilla? Fuck you, buddy. I'm at the very least peanut brittle. <laughs> and here, on the far side of the Neapolitan swell that is the Downloadable Concept Podcast, the one that still tastes faintly of melons, Strawberry Talon Lee. You, you are white. You are like nougat white, bitch. <laughs> Do you want to be the pink one? I think I already established that I will, brown and mother, crunchy. Motherfucker, I will take the pink one. <laughs> well, I we've all learned a lot here today. <laughs> About the ice cream preferences of the members of the Downloadable Concept Podcast. But you know who was the real Neapolitan swirl? Jesus. Wasn't it much like when... Someone interrupt me. Someone no. get me out of this. No, 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 no. Life is You're like digging. a box of chocolates. If you want to be represented correctly, you have to fight a bitch. <laughs> oh my god. I played a game called Axiom Verge. Oh yes. Which... Yeah is an exploration platformer from two years ago now, I think. It's which, right. Yeah, it has a glitchy aesthetic, it has upgrade paths, it has non-linear exploration. It has the, the classic example of you walk through a room and you see a thing you couldn't possibly get, and one room later you find the way to get it. And it's, 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 it has clearly learned the lessons of <laughs> loving the hell out of Metroid well. Now, I gotta ask about this, because I don't really know how you feel about Metroidvania-type games. I mean, you... I. I remember you played some Castlevanias back in the day. Mm, I was bad at them. <laughs> I was very bad at them. Uh, most this people were. Axiom Verge, Axiom Verge uh, leans far more towards the Metroid side. Yeah, yeah. I... Um, now, you might not remember, but back when I had a GBA, I played the living snot out of the Metroids that were on that. Oh, yeah, you played Fusion, didn't you? Yeah, Fusion and Zero Mission, was it? Wasn't Zero Mission on the DS? Zero Mission might have been on the DS, I can't but really yeah. remember. That was the phase where I sort of started being, eh, but Zero Suit Samus, uh, keep my distance from this franchise. I understand entirely. I quite enjoyed uh, those Metroids, and I, I do like exploration platformers and, and when they're done well, because I'm a sucker for good conveyance. Yeah, I, yeah. I really love the feel. I, I love the illusion that I'm choosing a path when in reality the game has gone like, one of these two, asshole. Come on, hurry up. <laughs> um, the Axiom Verge. So I guess the, the most disappointing thing about Axiom Verge, if you're a big Metroid fan, is the protagonist is a dude. He's a nerd. Yeah, he's a, he's a real nerd. And I mentioned this to my friends and the general consensus was, yeah, but why would I want to play a Metroid game where I wasn't playing a cool lady? And uh, so minor spoilers for Axiom Verge, the reason you let the protagonist be a dude in a Metroidvania is because that way, when he's a prick, you don't really care about seeing him suffer. <laughs> that happens a lot in Axiom Verge. Yeah, you uh, suffer are you a lot. Secretly the villain. I I haven't finished it. Finished it. I'm actually I'm I'm at a point I found I get to a lot with video games these days, where I try to make sure I don't invest more time in a video game than I should, and just waste time looping on it. Um, which makes the swindle especially weird. But basically, when I get to a point of resistance where I can't progress at my level of frustration with a game, I just stop. And Axiom Verge, I've looked it up. I'm on the second last boss. And not only is it the second last boss, but the next boss is apparently a complete anti-climax. So I'm really looking at, like, I'm basically at the last challenging thing, deciding, do I really care that much? 
But up to that point, it's been a really enjoyable game, and I've certainly gotten you know times worth out of it. It's 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 a neat little thing, but Meh. yeah, sometimes sometimes you got to bail, and I don't I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I've, I've certainly got a fair vision of how the game works and what the game's play is like. I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, also, if you happen to like gigantic, unbodied uh, piles of tentacle women, uh, Axiom Verge has that as like a secondary aesthetic. Sorry, I don't want to judge any gigantic piles you might. Then play Dark Seed 2, because it also has a, a lot of other... It, it, well, it, I mean, it has art, but it has artwork from... Uh, yeah, I'm Giger. drawing a blank. Thank you. H.R. Giger, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, in, in all seriousness, this... You know what? Axiom Verge is the Super Metroid that would have happened if Dark Seed had been the inspiration and not um and not Alien for you a Metroid. You say Giga, not Giga? Yeah, I'm not good with the pronunciation of that name. I, I trust Jeb on this one. But yeah, uh, so I played Axiom Verge, and we may have some cool news in the coming weeks about other games I've played, but I haven't played anything Ooh, else yet. That's exciting. Well, it's I part of your news. can't wait to find out. Is, is it, it a secret project? <laughs> it's not a secret oh, project. No, it's not very secret. No. Because I have now, a secret project. To Foxodon. Um, wow, I've been playing all the things. Uh, everything. Well, you remember how we can never talk about current generation consoles without the Wii U, uh, because we we don't invest in current generation consoles. Did you acquire a current generation console? We we may have been gifted with a current generation console by someone who was upgrading theirs and went, I don't want this junk anymore. Oh, uh, so this is this has been a startling occurrence, and we're still sort of going. Did that really happen? But uh, yeah, there's there's now a PS4 in the den, and that's uh, fantastic. A bunch of games on loan. So, for starters, I've been playing Dragon Quest Builders. I Good. had it recommended to me by a friend. <laughs> Isn't um, it I'm wonderful go- and cute and adorable? <laughs> it is pretty cute. It's definitely the best iteration of the Toriyama art style that I've seen. Like, when everything mm-hmm. is explicitly chibi and you don't see a lot of faces, it's pretty enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Though, i tell you what, that bozo with the beard... He'd be nice ah, to jab. Ah, to punch that guy. Not jab. It, it's definitely been very enjoyable so far. I haven't gotten far into it because the reason that this friend was visiting was to play three straight days of D&D before they went home <laughs> to Melbourne. Uh-huh. Uh, so it was about, uh, you know, three hours of Dragon Quest Builders and then we were like, well, we gotta go do this other thing. Uh, so I will play more and report back later, I guess. I enjoy its sense of humor right. so far. A lot of those moments where, you know, the narrator is talking to you as the silent protagonist, then it's like, yeah, you what? Did you fall asleep? Look, I have something important to do. <sighs> Fine, just go. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's quite endearing so far in the brief amount of time that I played it. And it looks really cute. You are quite right. Uh, next. Next, uh, sorry, we're going in order of time I have wasted on them lately. So Pokemon Go had the major update that everyone knew was coming sooner or later. Uh, Generation 2 is live. So Pokemon finally went. <laughs> well, Pokemon is in the long and probably perpetual process of going. I, uh, I, w- I wouldn't expect it to be finished going anytime soon. I mean, we still got, what, four more generations for it to catch up? Six? Uh, I don't know how many. Six in total. I, I, don't, know. <laughs> I don't, know. <laughs> don't know. Actually, no, I think I'm Sunburn is seven. Numbers. <laughs> I'm going throwing record? out numbers. I'm going record. Someone's going to prove me wrong later, but I'm pretty sure Sun Moon is generation seven. Because I recalled Black and White being gen five, and it was my favorite. Yes. Yes, I'm pretty confident in this. Yes, I'm locking in my statements. Rightio. I'll trust you on this one. 
Anyway, the important thing is Esprion and Umbreon, amongst other things. But really, those two. Uh, and a bunch of little interface updates they really should have done a long fucking time ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's... I, I always have conflicted feelings about Pokemon Go, because it's not a good game. <laughs> but it is fun. It's probably also one of the best games where the main component is walking around. And there's something to be derived from the fact that I have ignored the battling half of this game. It's boring. It's not fun. I don't care about it. But, like, just the whole, you know, hey, I'm going to pop open a phone during my bus trip and see if there's any Pokemon. That that part's really fun. It's a commute game. Is that a genre yet? It should be. Yes. Right. It definitely is. Okay, it's one of those. Uh, rather more engaging was Fire Emblem Heroes. I have been playing current games. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Fire Emblem Heroes is like little baby cut down Fire Emblem. Uh, it, it's got exactly that same kind of Warriors game or fight crossover game of like, oh, there's a nexus between the worlds in this franchise and a really dumb excuse for you to go and get characters from all of them. But who cares? Because you can go and get characters from all of them. And that is exactly I've... what it is. I, I've never seen something like that before. I know. I say, I, I say <laughs> as someone who plays both Final Fantasy Record Keeper and Brave Exvius. <laughs> it, it is both unique and original. Um, and I, I hope people stand up and take notice of this uh, innovative plot contrivance. Uh, yeah, it it's surprisingly good, honestly. I thought I would try it and be sort of, eh, but eh. Because um, it's definitely not real Fire Emblem. It's, it's not full-fledged grown-up Fire Emblem. But it is pretty fun nonetheless. It's a lot less tactical. You've got, um, the, you can't miss... So a lot of the stuff is just heavily simplified and you can't, like, no one can have hybrid range of, like, melee and ranged at the same time like they can in the games. Mm -hmm. So it's really super cut down. But on the other hand, it's really incredibly cute. (laughs) And there are tons of characters and the artwork is very nice. They've done that thing where they've obviously gotten a bunch of different artists um, I wouldn't be surprised if a bunch of them are, like, you know, known artists, cameo-type artists. Um, and there's just a really nice bunch of artwork of characters and stuff. Uh, I haven't turned the voice acting on because I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> there's too much of it. It can't possibly be good. So, what next was it? What next was it? Oh, after Fire Emblem Heroes. Yep. <laughs> well, see, well, I was well, playing well, Fire well, Emblem Heroes. I wanted to ask what your what your best, uh, best units are. Who have you gotcha? Um, I I've been developing the the three main characters and a four-star tactician with a horse and a spell book who I randomly picked up. Uh, it was uh, Cecilia, if you're familiar with her. I'm not familiar with Fire Emblem, so right, that's right. why I don't play heroes. She's the one that's breaking your heart and shaking your confidence daily. Yeah. <laughs> or in this case, setting you on like, fire. Like, like, uh, like I get up to wash my face and I come back to bed, <laughs> someone's taking my place. <laughs> like she couldn't even wait for me to get she couldn't even wait for me to to, to, to get out of the out of bed you know <clears throat> yes like, like where did this guy come from <laughs> I'm, I'm just that's enjoying a stolen joke but it's funny <laughs> years I'm not sure which fire emblem she's from actually 
Because, like most people in the West, I started with the DS remake of The Moth One. The Moth One! The Moth One. That's how we ought to subtitle Fire Emblem games. Fire Emblem, the one what's got Ike in it. And then, the one what's got Chunky Ike in it. I played the one what's got Ike in it. Ah! Oh, yes, and you didn't get along too well with it, did you? I beat it three times. Oh, okay. I must be thinking of some other franchise. Radio. No, uh, the thing with Fire Emblem is that I've never been able to... I, I've never gotten into the series because never had anything to play it on because only the one thing, one game came out on the GameCube as far as I was able to get. Ah, uh, yes. No, that's true. There was only one GameCube Fire Emblem. Yeah, I'm just also remembering that the other game, uh, the other Nintendo consoles don't exist in Canada. What, even the handhelds? Well, the, well, no, I just never had a DS for a long time. Ah, okay. okay. I mean, that's the trick. They, aside from the GameCube, like, originally it was on the home consoles, of course. Um... But it, like, migrated wholesale to the handhelds after a certain point. And the GameCube was this, like, hey, it returned to the main consoles. And, because then they made Radiant Dawn and everyone was like, this isn't my Fire Emblem. Wah! How did they go again? Wah! 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 Anyway. Um, I loved Radiant Dawn. So okay. Okay. If Waluigi ever shows up in Fire Emblem Heroes, I am downloading <laughs> it immediately. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Alright, so what else did you play? He says, trying to turn the bus. Sure, sure, come on. You could, like, ask some questions or engage or whatever. I understand, I understand, yes. Sure, no, well, uh, Fire Emblem Heroes kind of gave me a craving for real Fire Emblem. So? So I I did what I wasn't gonna do when I went ahead and bought Fates after all. Did you enjoy it? I, yes... You spit that answer out. Yes, fine. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> there are some key things that are missing, and I'm super pissed off at the the fact that Fates is... You know how it's got the two versions? Yeah. Yeah, it's not like a Pokemon Red and Blue thing. It's actually like a totally different story after the intro chapters. Wait, so there's like one and a half games worth of game, and they're charging you for two? It's probably like 1.8, but that's the uh, thing. Once you I, buy think, I, one. I, I think there's... I think there's like two and three quarters games, and they trade you for three. Ah! No, 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 Dad, you're both wrong. Okay. There's the better part of three separate games. They charge you for one, then they charge you half price for the second one, and then the third one is okay. DLC that's like 20 bucks. Okay. Okay, so it's about two and three quarters for like In Australian 1. dollars, 9. for all three of them, you wind up paying 80 bucks. Okay, now, so... since the base game is 60 bucks in Australia, that's actually okay. pretty reasonable. Yeah, that's actually that's reasonable. pretty reasonable. Um, yeah, and, and you're getting effectively one mammoth game out of that. All right, yeah, fine, yeah. And if you get it on the e-store, you just buy Fates. And when you get to the decision point, you choose one of them for free. Oh, actually, you know what the comparison point for that for me would be? Yeah. Uh, that's what Legion costs. Uh, 79.95. Oh, Starcraft? No, uh, Warcraft. World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft oh, Legion. Oh, yeah, well, Jesus Christ. And expensive. and World of Warcraft Legion doesn't come with a free month. So that's $79.95 to play Legion at all. So that's a perspective point for me about Fire Emblem Fates. Because if you, if you like Legion, if you like... Like what it brings, you'll probably play that for a couple of months, and yeah, yeah you can get yeah. If you like Fire Emblem, you're gonna get a fuck ton of playtime out of those. Because now it's, I mean, I usually play through with a dude and a lady. Now they let you make an avatar mm-hmm. just to, well, realistically speaking, so I can mac onto the characters I like. But that's so not you the can point. more. <clears throat> Maximal smooching. So now there's three different campaigns, and each of them have dudes and ladies. And oh, I see, I see. It's the potential for me to waste a lot of my life on this game. Uh, I you learned. You're gonna have to have. You're gonna have to like get uh, like a whiteboard and 
you know, make, plan <laughs> make out. A chart. Okay, here's the other thing. It keeps a the log of chart. which support conversations you've done. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Which includes, like, there's, there's child characters again, which... Yeah. But that means that all the characters, at a minimum, have four support conversations with every potential partner. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. <laughs> but, of course, you can only go to the final level with one potential partner, because that's where you actually hook up. Right. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of... be a lot of saving and resetting in actually completing this. Uh, the good side of this is, I'm not totally sure whether or not it saves those to the cartridge. In Awakening, it was a separate log from any game save file. So, like, you finished it between your different characters, and okay. you built a complete log. But if that doesn't exist in this one, then you can never have a complete log. So, so that frees you from trying yeah, to. Yeah, which might be the better result. So, well, that's why, that's why you get the whiteboard. This is, <laughs> Awakening's the one this with... This is why you look up someone who's complete. This is why you go to Serene's Forest and you just look them up. Awakening's the one where they removed a head pat mini game, right? No, Fates. It, okay. it had the skinship game, and they got rid of that. And okay. That that's interesting. I do not miss it at all. I, I do not find the poking a significant other on a screen to be appealing in any way, and I find the head pat thing to be like hella fucking condescending. Um, like, if you were to reach over and pat my head like I was a little kid, I would be like, I'm gonna bite your hand, son. I've been there. <laughs> The thing that was brought to my attention this week, and I can't remember who did, Jeb might have seen this as well, that they got partway through translating the head pat thing before it got killed. Uh-huh. Which means you can run an English language version of the head pat thing if you pop open the ROM. Oh, yeah. And get English audio cutting back and forth between the English speaker and the Japanese speaker when the game can't find a line. It is <laughs> creepy. <laughs> It is really like half half implemented intimacy is always going to come across as creepy. Well, look half at Mass Effect One. Is sort of what you wound up. You know what? With. Well, you know what? What else it is? Mm? Half implemented intimacy is my OK keep it profile. <laughs> nice, very nice. All right, so Fire Emblem, um, yes. <laughs> Half implemented is sort of what you wind up with. This is one of the things I was going to talk about because what they left in is just sort of. You go into that view, you still see the 3D model of the character, which is quite nice, by the way. They, they look really good. Um, but you don't have any control, so you can't do anything, so you just sort of see them for a few seconds. <laughs> I don't know, maybe if you have the voices turned on, they actually have a spoken line, but... It's just very strange. Fade to meh. If I didn't know what had been taken out, I would be really, what What the hell was supposed to go on here? I'd be worried that they were implying something happened. Did I Did I miss something? Did I, have, have I not filled up some hidden meter somewhere? Wait, have we fucked? I, I don't, <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it, like, there's no music, but yeah, I don't know. It's really, it, it feels very strange. <laughs> Radio. But I like it better than, you know, hey, you have to randomly poke a character model on a screen to mm. make better friends with them. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. yeah. The mini games, once you have actually uh, committed to another character, are weird enough as it is. I'm going to regret asking this, but how weird are they, Fox? Well, for example, your lover might have just gotten out of the bath when you arrive home, and you will receive a mini game to blow on them to cool them off. What? It's not a thing that works, but hey, whatever. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's a Japanese thing. Does that does that work for anything? <laughs> it works for pasta. Works for a th- <laughs> I need to feel. My love spaghetti. I'm home for you. <sighs> yes, Jeb. 
I, I don't think our I don't think our ESRB rating can can is is high enough to allow me to make the comment I was going to make about blowing off after a bath. Oh dear, <laughs> that does not cool you down. <laughs> no. no, and we're moving on. Hey Jeb, have no, you? I'm not wait, done wait, yet. Wait. I'm not finished with you, young man. Good gracious. Uh, I just wanted to say a few more things about it. People who've heard me talk about Fire Emblem before would know how pissy I am about uh, class gender restrictions. I'm very aware. Which they ditched. Hey! Uh, there is a boy Pegasus Knight, and he's lovely. Finally. What is it called again? <laughs> it's called Sky Knight now, actually. They changed it, and it sounds a lot better. It's a good name. Yes. Um, and he even promotes into the, like, super girly Pegasus Knight, where, as well as your lance, you get a heel stick. <laughs> um, I adore him. And they opened up the Savage Brute Axe wielding class to girls, and I married Good. her, obviously. <laughs> and I <laughs> is, her. She is an Oni <laughs> Savage. Nice. That is my kind of woman. <laughs> <laughs> Very uh, cool. Yes, I played through with a boy the first time because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to be naive and kind and make mistakes all over the place. Um, so I'm going to play a naive, kind boy. Nice. And then you uh, marry the Odie Savage. <laughs> she's great. She sounds great. <laughs> Savage, I mean, you know, she's not a bad guy. She just mostly hits things with clubs. Yeah, that are axes in the, in the <laughs> Hoshido, in the Japanese... Uh, themed version of the plotline, you don't so much get axes as you get Tetsubo. They're called clubs, but they're basically just those giant iron spiked clubs. I think we just got Jeb on the record (laughs) admitting that he's not a bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) Did we? Do you want to clip that? We can keep that. Put it on a shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's true. Jeb is, in fact, quite good. Alright, so yes... Tetsubo. That's awesome. That made me very happy. And I understand in the other plotline, which I'm not playing yet, but I probably will eventually because I like pain. You have um, you have a problem. <laughs> you get a boy version of the the songstress slash dancer unit. Songstress? There it's it's an ongoing thing. Sometimes they're bards, sometimes they're dancers in uh Radiant Dawn, they're herons. Jeb probably remembers the herons. I remember the herons, the herons. I like the herons. Yeah, yeah. they're lovely. There's three of them in, in the sequel to Path of Radiance. But songstress? I'm just annoyed at the word. <laughs> sure, sure. Anyway, yes. They changed something about songstresses. Uh, well, there's a boy one of those again. Oh. It's not the first time there's been a uh, male one of these units, because one of the herons in... The heron prince. <laughs> in Talos, there were two heron princes in the second one, in fact. Oh. One of them, I the first one, I adore him. He's lovely. The second one, he looks pretty much the same. He's older. He has longer, even more beautiful girly hair. And he also has a permanent injury, so he can't fly even when he's a heron. He's like the saddest ruby, And he's basically the wolf queen's pet. Well. <laughs> She's like, don't touch him. He's precious. Uh, yeah. I love Radiant Dawn. Have I mentioned this? The characters are superb. Uh, yeah. Haven't played Conquest yet. Probably will eventually. Um, the one thing that really pisses me off about the split version, which I was gonna say before we got to making fun of it and, and Pokemon and whatnot, um, is that basically play... Th- okay, one of them is called Conquest, so I'm pretty sure you can tell which one has the darker themes. Um, and what annoys me about it is that basically playing the good guys is easy mode. The reason they did the version split is because they wanted to make one that was more like Awakening with, uh, you know, lots of opportunities to get extra gold and maybe grind some characters if you want to and and just make things more approachable for new players. And the other one is apparently like super hardcore mode for people who are like, this Ike guy is a bit of a pussy. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think we could do this harder. Yeah, sure. Right, I see. <laughs> um, but, like, that's the one that's supposed to be for experienced players. And in that one, you're literally the conquering kingdom who's invading. So you're the one who rolls into town going, This guy's a weenus. It's the one where you, like, open by slaughtering a random town of civilians. Oh, oh, okay. You want the bad guys. We're coming back from this somehow. Uh... I think the idea is going to be that you... They frame it as being, you know, you care about your siblings who are there so much. Like, your dad is a, a not right in the head asshole, but your siblings are very important to you. I know, they do seem to have done the whole just just mad king, which mm. is, yeah, not creative and, and not interesting as a characterization, because it's just going to be, that's my excuse for being evil! Yeah. Um, I'm hoping he's actually being, like, possessed or something, and there is something more than just, well, people with mental illnesses are horrible. Ugh. Um, but we'll see. Like, don't get me wrong, this is a Fire Emblem game. I didn't exactly expect it to have values that lined up with mine at the best of times, but... <laughs> man, that's so lazy. That's another reason that Radiant Dawn is really good. Oh, okay. You, the way, it, mm, the really interesting plot line about a theocracy and the people in service of that and the justification of slavery with the nations and... Jesus. Like, nuanced where it needs to be and really straightforward in the places where it needs to be like, no, no, in fact, that's not okay. Hooray! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's good. It's very yeah. good. Right. Um, yeah. Conquer, I, I don't know what where they're going to go with that plot. I have the notion that it's going to be, certainly when I play through it with my character, it's going to be, I have to stay here to mitigate the damage that someone else could be doing in my place. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Because I don't think they're trying to make you a villainous character, and your siblings seem to be quote-unquote good guys. Mm. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they try to do with that. Yeah. Um, and so, is there anything you've played more than this, this past you know, few weeks? No, no, this is this is the thing. Right. <laughs> Just as, is there another can of worms we're about to pop? No, there were not enough hours for me to play anything more than fire. Like, literally, I would have run out of time, I think. Radio. Hey, Jeb. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you got, brother? It's long, I know. <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. Oh, where do I start? Where do I start? Well, at the beginning uh, is the uh, topological irregularity. Yeah, fuck that. Uh, lately, I, the, the past couple days I've been playing XCOM 2. Nice. Um, which is pretty good. Uh, gotta admit, I'm enjoying smashing the state as a the guerrilla resistance faction. Uh, it seems nice. They give, nice to play right about now. Uh, quick question. Console version or PC? Console. Okay. It works just fine on console, uh, as as fine as XCOM 2 runs on anything, because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's comforting. Not the most optimized it video is a game beef- that's been made. It is a big beefy boy. It 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 runs as hard as it can. It doesn't run well, but yeah, there's this a lot is, of heart. Am I remembering correctly? This is the second sequel that they made in modern times because people weren't really into the. The first one, they were like, right, we're going to XCOM harder than we've ever XCOM. Oh, no, no, no. XCOM 2012 was the out of nowhere, what the shit, this game is amazing, and it captures the spirit of the original beautifully, and people who've never played that also love it to pieces, and it's a really good game. This is just the direct sequel to that game, which it seems to be, from the outside, XCOM, but more of it. Uh, no, now, Jeb was saying specifically. Specifically, it is the sequel to losing XCOM Enemy Within. Ah, 
Enemy Within. That's the one I'm thinking of. Was that the 2012 Enemy, one you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. What's the no. one that people were like, this isn't good enough to be XCOM, really? Do you mean the Bureau? That's probably the one. Right, yeah, because the Bureau the is a tactical shooter. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Which which I did comment just on... Just a totally different thing, and people were like, why is this XCOM? So about a year and a half ago on this very podcast, I did play and comment on Bureau with, uh, on the Bureau, and I believe my general consensus was, this is better than you'd think, but it's not great. <laughs> Anyway, Jeb was Jeb was XCOM twoing. Sorry, Jeb. Mm-hmm. And I was saying that it is definitely not more of the same. Right. Um, for starters, you're playing as a guerrilla faction against the established alien empire on Earth. <laughs> Empires are dicks. I like that better. Empires are dicks. Everyone likes an underdog. Well, um, not everyone likes the underdog. A lot of people are, you know, happy with living in a society that has no conflict or strife or illness or disease and everyone lives in harmony. But also, there's a police state. Yep. See, this is why you never let white be in charge. <laughs> oh, that works on a few different um, levels. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I, I was just going for the color pie joke. For for starters, the most of the missions you start off in you start off concealed. So you're the one who gets to move your units around in the shadows and set up ambushes <laughs> and stuff until nice. they either fight, until they either spot you or you take your first shot. Um, the 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 classes are similar, but they're more mobile, I guess you could say. Like the the like the assault trooper from XCOM is now basically the ranger, which the ranger has a shotgun and a sword. <laughs> It's basically your class, Fox. Very Babylon 5. What? No, I wouldn't have a gun. <laughs> I'd have a sword and a blunt sword. No, I'm, I, you you might not be familiar with how a shotguns... blunt sword is a club. You might not be familiar with how shotguns work in video games. I know they work <laughs> at range. <laughs> but go on, Jeff. Range is for babies. Uh, the the like the the heavy the heavy uh, from the original is repl- the that used to have a machine gun and a, or used to have a light machine gun and uh, a missile launcher now has a grenade launcher and an auto cannon <laughs> um, so they can move around better sounds like quite a difference <laughs> I don't know exactly well, what an auto cannon is in XCOM terms but I know what I think it is <laughs> it's a minigun um. <laughs> I remember as a child playing Syndicate and getting minigun. Oh, it must be a smaller gun. That doesn't sound impressive. Nope. It is a small gun. It's like a little baby pistol. And then you use it and you're like, oh, 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 okay. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's a a minigun. It's a small gun. It's a, it it fires very small rounds. Yeah. Very fast. (laughs) I'm imagining like a Derringer or something. (laughs) Bit of a difference. But yes. Um... It's it's really interesting the that like you have you have a mobile base that you go around making contact with other other cells that are fighting the resistance. And is it, is it a van? Meanwhile, the is your mobile base a van. The, no, it's uh it's a downed aliens uh mothership. Oh, well that's, that's also That's cooler than a van. Yeah, but you can't airbrush a wizard on the side of an alien spaceship. Oh, I bet you like, can. Like, fuck, you can. <laughs> yeah. All fuck right. You cannot. I, I will take your word for this then. Virtual fist bump. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it lets you completely customize, completely customize all your troopers. Um, like, even the, the random recruits, you can say, you know what? I didn't want to get another white dude, so I'm going to make a lady. Yay. Nice. Uh, it's it's been a lot of fun so far, but I've only uh, been playing that for a couple days. Uh, 
I have been playing Tales of Hearts R, which what? is a Tales game. It's Tales of Hearts R. It's you a Tales game. Tell, Talon. Tales of Hearts are what? No, no, the letter. What are R. Tales of Hearts? I'm feeling I'm very strung along by are. this game. <laughs> I'm telling you what Tales of Hearts are. All right, then. Uh, it's a Tales game. It stars Core Meteor. <laughs> I was not ready for that. <laughs> These games do not disappoint, do they? Fantastic. Nope. What's his girlfriend called? <laughs> trying. I'm trying. It's Kohaku Heart. Kohaku Heart? Kohaku Heart. This is like Betty Excalibur. <laughs> wow. Oh, oh. What is the old, the, the old man who is majestic? Uh, oh, he is wonderful. What is his name? <laughs> I know it's... Oh, yes. The old man who uh, has long, flowing hair, sunglasses, uh, a bright yellow coat, and a pink scarf, and purple gloves, (laughs) and fights with a sword and an axe (laughs) at the same time. His name is Galgruner. (laughs) And he poses all the time. He's great. Oh, uh, that sounds wonderful. He's so superb. So, is the game any good, or is it just like a collection of names? Wait, wait, something's missing. And Steve. And Steve. Uh, there's uh, not really a Steve, so to speak, in this game. What? Um, Games have to have a Steve. Really, oh, I'm sorry, there's not really a Steve in this game. <laughs> well, Even, I'm uh, super disappointed now. <laughs> I can't remember. Anyways, uh, yeah, it's... As far as Tales games go, it's pretty basic. <laughs> it's, you know, there's things going on. You, the core, core gets handed down a, a magic sword bracelet. From core Meteor. Core Meteor. What? God, God damn. This what? is why I no what? longer feel bad about the stupid Japanese names I give to characters. It's a two-way street. <laughs> we have an agreement. It's fine. Just give them stupid names and move on. <laughs> Core Meteor is a great name. Yeah. Sure. It's it's fantastic. A very real story. name that would exist. The touching, the touching story of Core Meteor and Koaku Heart. Uh, Core Meteor <laughs> discovers Koaku Heart on passed out on the beach. Well, that's and a new idea. This is comfortable. <laughs> well, um... Her, she's in a, a coma and she she needs to be healed. So uh, he he um, goes into her soul and uh, fights the monsters that are inside her soul and accidentally breaks it. Oh right, okay. Sending all, s- sending all the pieces of the of her soul around the world and uh, her brother, whose name I unfortunately can't remember, but I assure you it's amazing. Uh, he will fucking murder him if he doesn't get those pieces back. <laughs> Oh, good. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with this so far. <laughs> and wow. then you go around and... <laughs> so, normal stuff. So it's a gender swap. It actually has a... <laughs> Probably. <laughs> the, the four Inuyasha fans who listen to this... That, that's, very, that's very funny, everyone else. <laughs> okay. Uh, it has a kind of I enjoyed interesting, plenty of Inuyasha back in the day. Way, it has kind of an interesting uh, leveling system where yeah, you... Um, you discover 
Like as you, as you level up, you get points to put into your uh, soul crystal because everyone's soul is crystal. Don't ask. Um, everyone's soul is a crystal flower. Actually, again, don't ask. Uh, Can everyone just the more points the the more points you put into each of the different uh, petals of the 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 soul crystal flower the more abilities and stuff you get, or that's also how you get your new weapons. I'd just like to say, Jeb, the phrase don't ask is doing a lot of heavy lifting in this conversation so far. Uh, well, Look, oh, not, just you wait. I'm not going to ask about the form that people's souls take. That's fine. Can everyone just go ahead and jump into these souls to fight the monsters? Or is they say, special ability of core meteor. <laughs> well, you see, uh, certain people have uh, these, these magic armbands or whatever that they're, they're magic they're magic rocks that make weapons appear if you have one you can jump into people's souls and fight the monsters in there <laughs> well this sounds fair and were they given to five special young people <laughs> <laughs> well no because uh gal gruner is not young and he has he has one that's why he pulls an axe and a sword out of his shoulders obviously <laughs> Okay, okay, fine. They finally made a, an uh, in-universe solution to weapon space. Yep. Yeah, I'm... I'm it you, literally... Am I fighting this? Am I fighting this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, no, you, you get your new weapons. That's why you get your new weapons by leveling up, not from buying them. Ah. Ah, that's actually a really nice solution. They are drawn from your very soul. That's very Jay. Mm. Uh, but, like, the combat and stuff like that is... For the most part, really basic. There's a, a thing where you can teleport around the arena and link your combo higher if you time things right and wind up basically doing like a Dragon Ball Z thing at the end. And But, you know, generally basic stuff. How Dragon Ball Z? Like blowing up heavenly bodies Dragon Ball Z or just shooting your opponent into a mountain Dragon Ball Z? Um, spiking your opponent through the ground sort of Dragon Ball Z. Okay. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right. So not, not leaving the atmosphere. No, 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 but but okay. but you do wind up flying gotcha. around and teleporting, so... Oh, sure, that's fine. I mean, uh, you can't do that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Core Meteor can. <laughs> so now I'm going to talk about Tales of Berseria. Oh, boy. And, Ooh, whoo. more Tales. <laughs> oh, yes, this is the newest one. This is the one, the first one whose main protagonist is a woman. <gasps> I know, it's amazing, and her that. name is Velvet Crow. What? Velvet Crow. Her name is Velvet Crow. <laughs> oh wait, the listener can't I, see the face I'm making. I forgot about that. I, 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 I got nothing. I've got nothing. I, Velvet yeah, Crow. Sure, um, yeah. Velvet Crow. Uh, she fights by kicking. Uh, she has daggers in her feet. Okay, sure. Like in her, in her, in her she has boot daggers. You know, like you do. Yeah, as you um, do. You know, you know one, of them, uh, one of them boot daggers that everyone has. I think I've been desensitized yeah. by other um, video games, but like as long as they're not guns, I have no problem with foot weapons. Uh, well, you see, um, uh, she was living her idyllic JRPG protagonist life uh, when the person who was raising, was taking care of uh, her and her brother uh, on the, the, the night that the blood moon rose uh, oh. and made all the werewolves come out. All right um, then, because it's a little, this a little bit, little bit bloodborne, just a little bit. Okay, um, this I'm guy increasingly took, fine took, with this. Took her little brother and sacrificed him to uh, make all the spirits uh, of the world able to hmm. intervene directly and fight off all the werewolves. 
because, you know, that's what you do. Well, uh, Velvet didn't like this, didn't like her brother dying, and, um... She uh she got possessed by a demon and uh now <coughs> and now her left hand is uh the god hand uh which she uses her 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 hand to to actually eat the souls of uh anyone she wants. Hmm, I like this. Uh I want to say Tales of Innistrock. <laughs> totally down with it. This sounds like the only Tales uh, game she- which was written by Nick Cave. Uh, she, uh, she gets thrown in prison because, and by thrown in prison, I mean she was, uh, kicked down a deep pit and they bricked over it. And, uh, she was fed, fed, uh, demons for, for, for years in the pit. Okay. That sounds because like a was, good way for her to well, get really super powerful. Well, the thing is, it was the demon prison, so... The, the demon and the really bad criminals got thrown in the same prison. So uh, they kept feeding her demons, and one day a spirit helps her escape. And um, in order to escape properly, because, you know, you know how a lot of uh, RPG protagonists get to be... They, they're, they're, they're played off as, you know, they'll do anything to, to accomplish the thing, right? Right. But the most it is is, like, they made a really hasty decision, and they rushed in. Um, in order to break out of prison... She sacrificed uh, dozens of inmates to create a distraction while she got to the roof. Good grief. Hmm. This is a Michael Bay movie. You see, while she was in a pit, the, 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 the church has taken over, uh, ostensibly taken over alongside the, the empire that was in power. Because, of course, the church suddenly has a way to keep people safe, so... If we do what this person says all the time, we should keep being safe because he's very rational and he makes good decisions. In fact, that's how, that is how he wields his power through rationality and good decisions. Sure. Um, after find after escaping from prison, uh, Velvet Crow makes it her mission to murder this man, and that is her one objective. <laughs> Everything else is going on. It's not that she, she's not in it to save the world. She's out to murder this man. No doubt, I'm sure that she will save the world by the end of it. Probably. But uh, she's she is a monster, and she makes no bone. No, she's not ashamed about being a monster. Uh, she teams up with 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 witches and demons and spirits and pirates, uh, basically making the antihero squad. Huh. This sounds cool. It is really cool, and uh, you get a pirate ship that you can send off on missions. Do you like pirate ships? I I am really liking it. <laughs> oh, as long as they don't get all edge lordy. Um, she's it's a bit too goofy to be edge lordy, really. Ah. Like I mean, obviously it's gonna be a bit edge lordy because she's a she's a demon <laughs> she's a demon lady with spike boots that also has a god hand. <laughs> hey, there's demons and there's demons. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the comic relief character Mogilu is pretty amazing. Uh, she's a witch and also a traveling entertainer. Right. Um, is this a My Little also... Pony reference? <laughs> no. Anyway, go on then. I'm just saying she's rather entertaining because she's, um, she's not exactly annoying for a comedy relief character, but most of her activities are, uh, she'll, she'll talk some sass and then fuck off. <laughs> Which is All the right, proper right. way to have to introduce your 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 uh, comedy relief character? 
Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Okay, so I want to talk about one more game. Yep. One game, oh, the yeah. best game. The, 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 the good game. The, the important game. The, the greatest dad game of them all. What? Alright. I'm talking about Titanfall 2. Oh my god, you've been playing Titanfall 2, of course! I've been playing Titanfall 2, and <laughs> we've done it. We've made the good dad game. <laughs> I thought the good dad game was Octodad. That's still the good game. dad game. That game Octodad. <sighs> but yes, Titanfall 2. It's the good dad game, because your child, your precious, beautiful, pure child, is BT, your giant robot. <laughs> oh, so it has an AI? Yeah. Yes, yes it does. And BT is wonderful, and I will protect BT. I will protect this precious child no matter what, and <laughs> they protect me too, and it's just nice. <laughs> uh no, uh BT has uh a machine gun uh that shoots giant bullets and has a shield that reflects bullets and missiles that auto track and uh you find different loadouts for BT like um when I found the quad rocket launcher which I quite like <laughs> for a basic weapon um what, what is it with Jeb and things that fire more than one rocket because there's no kill like overkill <laughs> look if you have the technology for when, one when you when you when you're in obviously when you're you're in your robot you are Stomping around or you doing rocket assisted dashes to to dodge other giant robot combat or stepping on little like infantry. But there are also times when you're out of there are times when you're out of your robot. Yeah. And when you're not in your robot is when you can do the parkour, which is assisted by your jet with your by your jet pack or your jump pack. This all sounds like it kind of owns. Is uh, It really so- does. Am I remembering correctly, in the first Titanfall, there was a point that you couldn't spend that much time in the mech, you could only call it in yeah. later in the in a fight? Well, yeah. in, the, in, the multiplayer, in the multiplayer, you call your mech in. But in the story mode, you you and your child are, are oh, so mostly is... inseparable until those motherfuckers took my robot. Oh no! Uh, I, I was building up and to make when... a joke, but now I feel bad. <laughs> when they... And they take they they take BT away because you have to go in. Apparently, a giant robot can't go into a tiny building. <laughs> That's bullshit. They made their buildings you too small. The tiny, well, you have you, a you rocket launcher. <laughs> when well, BT can defend can defend can hold their own on without you inside. Like BT will provide cover fire for you, and it's really nice to have cover fire that's in the form of multiple rockets. But they take. You you activate the because you're trying to meet up with the resistance. I don't. The, I'm going somewhere to meet somebody. More important <laughs> is that I am with my child. And to do that, I have to activate this 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 crane platform. And then the motherfucking crane grabs BT and starts taking it away. And it's like, oh oh no no no. So no. I am literally wall running after him, and BT is like struggling with arms and legs flailing. I no. cannot escape. I cannot escape. So I murdered every single one of those motherfuckers stone dead. (laughs) That's what you do. It's what you do. It's like, this this is the point of this kind of thing. You have a responsibility. Yeah. Oh, jeez. This is my child. Oh, they have taken my child. I will shoot them all in the face many times. Do you remember... Do you remember how Titanfall 1 said there was no point to making a single-player story? Really? I mean, who wanted that? (laughs) <laughs> um, well, it is it is weird that this this 
primarily multiplayer focused first person shooter by EA has such a fantastic story. Yeah. Though apparently Battlefield 1 does too, but I haven't played it, so. Yeah. Alright then. So, of the games you've played, generally recommended, generally happy with what you got? You didn't, no, no real turkeys this past month, everyone? Well, I. I would definitely recommend anyone play Titanfall 2. Uh, if you like Tales games, you'll probably like Tales of Hearts and Tales of Berseria. Mm-hmm. And Fox? And XCOM 2 is good strategy. <laughs> well, uh, the Pokemon Go upgrade is more Pokemon Go, so if you like Pokemon Go, you're going to like Pokemon Go some more. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Fire Emblem Heroes is, uh, the, I mean, there's character artwork, and that's what most of the people I know who care about Fire, Fire Emblem are in it for. <laughs> And the other more different Fire Emblem is, well, look, salty about how character recruitment doesn't work. But aside from that, it's Fire Emblem doing Fire Emblem. Sounds good. All right, then. I, I wanted to go on record as I am opposed to Battle Maids, though. They don't belong in Fire Emblem. They're a bit weird. Yeah. And now it's time for Retro Gaming News. All the news that's fit to print for the month of February 2004. Brought to you by Portly Wash Boys. Iced creaming flavors. Drink them. 2004, February. Again, we're, we're, we're back into our regular schedule of, well, this month wasn't meant to have much in it. And in this case, it didn't. Because <laughs> flanking this month in 2004, <laughs> January saw the release of Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green, which kind of blew a hole in everyone else's release schedules because they didn't want to be releasing around that time. And March led with Drakengard, a little kind of dark horse at the time, but it definitely had an impact. So February... Yeah, like like 10 years later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Japan liked Drakengard when it came out. All right. Uh, but in February, first things first, we have a side... We, we have the side-scrolling shooter's quote-unquote, final installment. Side-scrolling shooter? Yeah, side-scrolling flying shooter game. You mean a shmup? Flying. A sh- uh, yeah, a shmup. A side-scrolling shmup. Platform? Uh, PlayStation 2. I have no idea. Uh, was, 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 was there a Gradius game on the... No, no. Oh, it's R-Type. Not it's R-Type, yeah. It, it's by Irem. Because there's basically Gradius and R-Type, and there's probably more. There was but an the... R-Type in 2004? There was an R-Type in 2004. Ah! R-Type Final, which takes place after several long wars with the Bidu, the main antagonists of the series. The player's first mission is to investigate mysterious enemy inside a crashed space colony, the remnants of a large battle codenamed Operation Last Dance. (laughs) Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. And by the way, when they they say investigate, they mean shoot it. Uh, (laughs) Each level of R-Type Final, rather than giving you a cutscene, fades in on a black screen upon which in-universe poetry is written and then fades out. (laughs) Okay, so they are actually going for kind of a melancholy thing. Yeah. Next up, we have a Final Fantasy side game, which was about a bucket, and you got to paint a moogle. Crystal Chronicles! Yes, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, which I think pushed the limit for one of the most impractical input methods <laughs> you'd see in a game. I don't know if you could say about a bucket, though. <laughs> so, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles is a top-down action RPG where you and your friends were... kind of top-down. You played on your Game Boy Advance, plugged into your GameCube. Yep. So, you know, if everyone had those things already, fine. But if you didn't, the game had a sort of an expensive outlay. <laughs> 
Well, the if you recall, the single player mode did use the controller. Mm. So it was like it had a party mode for everyone bringing their Game Boys around because you didn't have a GBA, poor child. <laughs> I mean, they weren't that expensive back then. Even I had a GBA. That's yeah, true. Uh, and the reason we mentioned I've the met like one because... person who's ever I've I've met like one person who's ever had a GBA. Yeah, well, Canadian really is different. The the game's central mechanic was that the world was full of poison, and you had to have an item, a crystal, which would preserve the air around you so you could exist. And if you got too far away from the crystal, you started taking damage. Which in the single player game, there was someone. Sure. It, was, it was kind I of. Wish, it was I, wish, I wish Delma Castle would have had one of those. Yeah. In, in Final Fantasy, um, sorry, in the single player game, there was a Moogle carrying around this crystal and taking care of you like that. Whereas in the, in the multiplayer game, a player had to carry it. Yep. And while they were carrying it, they couldn't do anything else. And they could throw it. Mm-hmm. You could also throw other players. Yep. So. <laughs> it was pretty good. We got, we got games of bucket chaining the, the crystal up the, up, up over a cliff at one point and then hucking players over it, <laughs> leaving the last player on the far Drum side around. going, bah, 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 and dying. <laughs> Cause then they'd respawn near the bucket. Yeah, I think we only got to play four player one time. Yeah. But the problem is those four players were really awesome people, so we couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> We have good group quality friends. Yeah. Who had GBAs. <laughs> yeah. All of, all of our friends without GBAs were apparently of lower quality, I guess. <laughs> I did not imply that. I said we have quality friends, mm-hmm. additional property, next, who have GBAs. Next up, we have a GBA release of a Yoshio Sakamoto game um, released by Nintendo. I should know You should know that game. Sure, you should know that name. Is it a Fire Emblem? No, it's not a Fire Emblem. But it is a long-running, like, 20... I think it's 25 years at this point? It's quite a quite an extensive uh, uh, Nintendo property. It's one of the old long-runners that doesn't is get enough zero respect. Mission? It is Metroid Zero Mission. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, which I played on the GBA. It's also available on the Wii U v- Virtual Console. If Two that's... Right. Zero Mission was a GBA game. I yeah. apologize. Yeah, that's fine. Um, we have an expansion for... My friend, what was my friend Taylor has been... My friend Taylor has been speedrunning that the past couple weeks. Oh, yeah? Any, any uh, fun things about that, or She's she's uh she's down to I think forty nine minutes. That's pretty cool. That must be very scary to speed run with. The... Oh wait, no, I'm thinking of Fusion with the the evil oh. Samus. Yeah, the SAX. Is, uh, I've seen speed runs of, of Fusion, and the SAX is basically auto scroller segments. It's you know with the <laughs> with the occasional can right. we glitch and break this so it doesn't have that. Yeah. No, sounds kind of what I'd expect. Um, next up, we have a expansion release for what was at the time basically the MMO, which featured <laughs> twenty new NPC models and eighteen new zones with 10 single group instance trials, 8 uninstanced experience zone, 9 raid zones and instances. Which, oh, which, which ultimate? Or is this EverQuest? This is EverQuest. Is this ultimate? Gates. It's, it's EverQuest. Gates of Discord. Wait, WoW wasn't out yet? It's like good luck. Yeah, they're kind of like good luck naming, right? I think yep. WoW came out like a year or two after. Uh, but yeah. good luck naming any particular EverQuest expansion. Yeah, the EverQuest <laughs> expansion lineup is, and you know, j- just from the top, the Ruins of Khan the scare, the scars of Viluius, yeah, the shadows whatever. of Lucklin, the plains of power, the legacy of Ikesha, the lost dungeons of Norith, the gates of Discord, the omens of war, the dragons of Norith, the depths of Dark Hollow, the prophecy of Ro, the serpent's spine, the buried sea, the secrets of Fadware, the 
Seeds of Destruction, The Underfoot, The House of Fuel, Veil of Alaris, Reign of Fear, Call of Forsaken, The Darkened Sea, The Broken Mirror, The Empires of Kernak. And The Empires of Kernak comes out, came out in November last year. Oh. It was the 23rd expansion pack. Wow. Next up, we have kind of an obscure game in that I've not heard of it, but, you know. Oh, uh, obscure. Yeah. <laughs> well, its Japanese name was literally just Kunoichi. Oh, 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 fuck. I do know this one. You know I've this game. I've the sequel to this game. Um, What was it called in English? It's it's not like Shadow Warrior, but it's no. one of those style of names, isn't it? No. It, 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 Blood it, Rain? It, it, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's uh, it, it's definitely a girly assassin name. Uh, the game was developed by Overworks and published by Sega in 2003, and its review scores on almost everything that can still be found were aggressively average. Um, it appeared to not quite... It, it, it looks like almost the dawn of the titty ninja genre. <laughs> like, it's not quite there, no. but you can see how it's going to go. I can't remember what it's called. It's called Nightshade. That's right. Yeah, that's the one. I sold a copy of that at some point. Yep, where the player plays as Hibana, a female counterpart to Shinobi's Hotsuma. She is a government-employed ninja tasked with the elimination of members of the Nakatomi Corporation, which has unwittingly unleashed Hellspawn upon futuristic Tokyo. So, like, apparently we can grok Shinobi as a title, but Kunoichi is a bridge too far. Yeah, apparently so. Next up, we have the generally disappointing sequel to what was a very exciting first-person shooter. This one purported to add cutscenes and spoken dialogue and dialogue tree choices to its first-person shooter. Oh, goody. And deepened the lore and added added more characters to it. <laughs> the characters included jockey muscle man shoot dude and girl in skanky outfit. <laughs> This could be almost any FPS. I know. <laughs> okay, Girl in Skanky in Outfit doesn't appear in all of them. In 2004. <laughs> uh, in fact, this game was published by Infogrames as Atari at that point. Huh. Yeah. Published by Atari? Published by Atari. Developed yeah, by... Yeah, nothing. Developed by Epic Games. It's Unreal. I thought so. It's Unreal 2. Unreal 2, The Awakening. Unreal 1 was a triumph of atmospheric storytelling. It was a really good game with conveying most of its information very invisibly. You didn't need to be uh, you know, hit over the head with cutscenes. Unreal 2... Mm. It's to hit you over the head with cutscenes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, look, it, it tells you something about a game when nobody would remember that it existed if not for its engine. Yeah. <laughs> it's... It, and and that skanky well, outfit the, thing, it's the real good th- bad. The good, th- the good yeah. thing is, though, that because of that, Epic Games, Epic Games uh, smartened up, and subsequent Unreal releases were just, you know what, let's just make arena shooters. Yeah, Unreal Tournament was basically the best Unreal game, and it was just an arena shooter. Um, next up, we have a celebrity tie-in! Oh, and in this case, it's with a celebrity who could legitimately claim that most video games aren't as impressive as him. Uh, this game was. This game has a martial arts choreographer. Have you met most video games? I mean- <laughs> true, true, true. Um, the game was compared mechanically to Max Payne, uh, and it follows a ca- the character Kit Yoon, an undercover Hong Kong police officer who was assigned to bodyguard. Is this Boss a Jackie Chan game? No, but you're in the right ballpark. It, it's the Jumping serious fat. Jackie Chan. Uh, it's Jet Li. 
Oh, oh. right. Oh, this is, uh, this is, uh, this is. It's got a great name. Unbreakable. No, no, it's bulletproof. Get Lee's Rise to Honor, which is an right. original story, not one of the ones based on a movie directly. <laughs> I'm sure it's extremely original. The thing that's the best about it is that the number one reference on the page is see also Jackie Chan's Stuntmaster. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jet Li. Sorry. Oh, I can't imagine. I can't help but imagine that if you are Jet Li, that feels real. <laughs> that's, that's a burn. If you're a video game nerd. Rise to Honor is a 2004 game with plot and cutscenes and, and multiple levels. Stuntmaster is a 2000 beta from the PlayStation 1. Uh, next up, we have... Oh, good grief. Uh, th- this game chronicles the events of 2nd and 3rd century China based on the writings of the historical novel. Players are able to play through various historical challenges. The Romance- if- oh, I, yeah, okay, worth- Romance Three Kingdom. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, go on. I want I want to I want to hear more about the mechanics of this game because I want to know if it's seven or eight. Yeah, this is the thing. <laughs> the challenge is guessing the number. All right. Yeah, I know. That's why I need I need to hear more about the actual mechanics. I need to I need to gameplay. The game comprises fifteen historical scenarios, five challenge scenarios, and five if scenarios, each with a possibility of having multiple story endings based on the gameplay. With the officer development mm-hmm. system, points can be put into increased officer abilities and skills, as well as the option of gifting special items to raise officer stats. Game map outlines the important capitals, ports, forts, troop movement, geography, and enemy strongholds. Mm-hmm. Players may save data from Dynasty Warriors 4, 4 Extreme Legends, or Tac- Dynasty Tactics 2 to obtain new officers for this version. Up to mm-hmm. eight players can play on turn-based hot seat play. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that's all normal. There is a power-up kit which adds the following. A trial story mode, soldier scouting, an alliance system. The power, Imp- the, mm-hmm, the, go on. Okay, the power-up power kit is only on is only in Japan. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, But I'll tell you this. It's not the... Uh, it's not seven or eight. Then it's nine. Yes, it's Romance of the Three Kingdoms nine. Nine? Yeah. And this is in 2004 and they haven't stopped. Good. There's only three that kingdoms. Wasn't any good. How you made nine games? Have you read that book? No. <laughs> I'm only 33. <laughs> yes, Romance of the Three Kingdoms 9, which had a Japanese PlayStation release in 2004, but had a okay. Windows Japanese release in 2003 with the power up kit. Oh, it was a Japan release. Okay. Yep. Okay. Next up, we have a game released by Nude Maker. Nude Maker. Which uses, quote, the same two-joystick, three-pedal, 40-button controller. <laughs> the look Fox just gave me. <laughs> Some kind of flight sim thing? Not a flight sim, no. Three-pedal, two-joysticks, 40 buttons. 40 buttons. Is it just, Are we just playing a keyboard? I love that it has three pedals and it's called a controller. I think at the point where you have to rest part it's of it on the floor. It's a fucking piano. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I didn't mean keyboard like a computer keyboard. Uh, this game it's is like a not a music game. This is a war game. Do you play it on a piano? <laughs> <laughs> that would be spectacular, actually. I want someone to remap this, this, this game a to a sim? digital piano. It's kind of a tank sim. It's almost a tank sim. It's not actually a tank sim. Does it come with a tank cockpit, though? You can buy the tank cockpit. It is, okay. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, okay, you're saying it's not tanks, it's not planes, Mm -hmm. it's not making music. It's a giant robot? 
It's giant robots. Oh my god, is there's this, a franchise uh, is this, where you find the giant this, robots and there's a custom cockpit that you Jeb knows yeah, this there one is and it's it's He's so uh, close. Uh, holy fucking shit, I did not I never imagined uh, uh, this would be a thing. Steel Battalion. Steel Battalion. That's what Steel Battalion, Steel Battalion is? That's what Steel Battalion yes. is. Holy shit. Steel Battalion is the game that prior to the release of the Kinect had the most expensive peripheral on the Xbox. And it's the Kinect one where they just totally cocked up everything? The Kinect, the Kinect Steel, Battali- Steel Battalion was meant to be like, hey, we can make Steel Battalion approachable for everyone. And then they completely barneyed that. Right. But the Steel Battalion joystick... Wow. That it gets, it gets called a joystick. It's, it's because <laughs> it's, it's a joystick. It's, it's a, one of those things that Yu-Gi-Oh players wear on their arm. It's twenty-five kilograms. <laughs> yeah, it's so much huge. more than a joystick. That's ten kilos more than my dog. <laughs> it is a big, beefy toy, and the fact is, it kind of owns. Yeah, that's, but, that's incredible. But, but at the same time, if you can't afford... Well, it costs like 1200 bucks. I don't think it costs that much now. But at the time, Steel Battalion shipped with... It was a $100 game, and it shipped with a $300 peripheral, which... <laughs> the postage was $500. <laughs> for Australia, it was even worse. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's this monstrous rig. I'll, I, will in, I will send Jeb... <laughs> I will send Jeb a picture so that can get included. Steel, Battal- Steel Battalion, currently, currently, currently yeah. on eBay. Steel Battalion with controller peripherals and line of contact for Xbox, six hundred dollars on eBay. But it's really cool. <laughs> and if the buttons were mappable, imagine all the other games you could play with this thing. You could play all the instruments on Rock Band all at once. <laughs> And you, sing. You've got to get over the whole whole music. I want to see. No, 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 wait, no, 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 no. The whole hold up, hold, hold up, hold up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you've seen this kind of thing at like AGDQ and stuff. Oh Same. no, Steel Battalion no. on a DDR pad. Oh no. So here's the thing: the game in question is Steel Battalion Line of Conduct. Line of Contact. Sorry, line yes, of line of contact. contact. My bad. Uh, yeah, Steel Steel Battalion line of contact, which was kind of just an expansion pack that put multiplayer into the previous Steel Battalion game. <laughs> this game was released in February 2004. The servers that let it work were shut down in September 2005. That, that's a bit painful for... That's so short! A year of expansion. Yeah, I guess being an expansion, that makes it not that unreasonable, but yeah, ouch. It's yeah. also... You're also talking about a game on the original Xbox. Yeah, which needed Xbox Live to work as well. Like, Steel Battalion is quite clearly one of those Cadillac game titles where you've got to be kind of... You've got to have a very different perspective on your on your leisure spending than I do to really get into this. Well, the original Xbox was the original Xbox was never designed to do online gaming. Yeah, that's a good point. Ooh, speaking of online <laughs> gaming services, did you guys catch the news that might save the Switch? No, unless it's what you already told me this morning. It's fucking no, cheap. No, that's what I'm talking about. Like they basically said that their PSN. Xbox, uh, what's it called? Xbox Insider? Xbox Live. Whatever. Xbox, Xbox Live. Live. Equivalent thing was, what was it, like, they reckon $17 a fucking year or something? Alright, that I pay. It's ridiculously cheap. 20, yeah, it's like uh, three quarters of the cost of a year of the other ones. And if that comes with free games, I'm even more down on that. That sounds like a lot of work yeah. fun. Well, so that's you true. Get, you get the games for a month. 
yeah, that, that, that's about right. I'm fine with that. That's less cool, <laughs> but it would work for most games. Um, and the other thing being that the dev kit is absurdly cheaper than other dev kits going around, which, now, like, between those two things, that might come out really well. Anyway, we're not a news podcast. So. One, one final thing. Yeah? One final thing. Every time I do these things, there's always the stuff that either is red-linked in Wikipedia, in which case this someone assumes it should have a page and it doesn't. <laughs> uh-huh. And then there's the very rare black link, which is, this was noteworthy enough... <laughs> to get on the list of games that came out, but somehow no one thinks it's noteworthy enough to get its own page. And I'm... there is Someone no- has decided that it's lacking enough noteworthiness that no one will bother to make it a page, so you may as well get rid of the link. And I want to bring this up because I want to know if anyone has heard anything <laughs> about this. What you got? Franny's Feet. The Movie Activity Center. What? I haven't. So that implies that there is a movie called Franny's Feet. Yeah. And that it got a tie-in. Yeah. I don't know. I'm guessing, like, tiny little baby movie. Like, Franny's Feet sounds like a book for five-year-olds. So maybe it's just, like, super, super early childhood game kind of thing. And that's why no one cares enough to write an article. It's, yeah. I, I mean... Franny's Feet brings up a Canadian uh, animated show for uh, preschoolers. Right. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Well, yeah, there you go. So, Franny's Feet, the movie Activity Center. (laughs) So, it got a tie-in movie and then the tie-in movie... The fact that it got a movie is the really impressive part there. (laughs) Follow your dreams, all right? It doesn't sound like a thing that has enough... Anything? Enough scope in its theme to Mm. be a movie. Yep. But... Yeah, you've got to understand that 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 uh, the uh, Canadian fil- uh, film board will will fund anything to make uh, to make an hour long special and call it a movie. Uh, <laughs> Fair, I am. I am forgetting that you can call something the movie even if it's a straight to TV movie. Uh, one last detail: uh-huh. in March two thousand and four, the last you know, the, there was this game that came out called Lifeline. Have either of you heard of this? No. Yes. Lifeline. Oh, uh, so. Lifeline was a Is PlayStation that... 2 game with no controller. It used a microphone. Ooh. And you were mm-hmm. like central control going, all right, contact me with this character in this, in, in who I can see on these security cameras. Hey, character, do this thing to that thing. And they would go, oh, okay, so. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. Sounds like no. a really sweet no one made that for Oculus. No. It sounds like a sweet idea. That's not what li- uh, Lifeline was fucking awful. <laughs> Did it, wife, or did it not have good voice recognition, or... No, she couldn't hear understand a fucking thing you said. (laughs) Okay, yeah, that's gonna be a Because, because you gave her... It's because it has nothing to do... It's nothing like what Talon just said. Because what you did was you kept saying, go left, go left, go left, go left. You gave traditional controller commands using voice, and she couldn't understand the fucking words you told her. Oh, no! Oh! Oh, Oh, no! Walk forward, walk forward, walk forward, press button, turn left. Oh, oh dear God! Wow, <coughs> it's so not you. It's not you giving. It's not versions. you. It's it's not you giving giving commands to various people like you know do this thing, do that. Do, no, it is you control someone that you're watching through a camera by giving her command, giving her controller commands with your voice. <laughs> it was fucking terrible. Bonus: if you bought it in America. <laughs> It came in a standard box, standard PlayStation Two box, yeah. which meant it didn't come with a be- with a USB microphone that worked with your PlayStation Two. Oh, uh-huh. you had to go buy one of those. Yeah, your own microphone, right? Because controllers didn't have microphones either. Blurg. So yeah. Well, that's clever. <laughs> oh, Lifeline yeah. is well known to have sucked. 
<laughs> I'm sure everyone else has been through this already and had their giggles, but I just want to say, if the friend who gave us the PS4 hadn't known where the goddamn on switch was, I would have spent the whole afternoon <laughs> just going, what do you... Fucking seamless brick of a bullshit console. <laughs> what the hell? I did the, I did, the, I did the exact. It it took me about twenty goddamn minutes when I when I bought my PS4 used. So you know, no manuals or anything like that came with it. Uh, sure, yeah. It was, a, it was a refurb. It was a refurb. No manuals, and I'm like, how do I turn this thing on? Unbelievable! And then I had to work out where the disc slot was. I was gonna say. You know how long it took me to find the fucking disc slot in that thing? Yeah. Three days! <laughs> what is this? Oh, God, it's like... Ah! Uh, it's like the vengeful ghost of Steve Jobs. <laughs> well, it seems that we've now all gotten thoroughly mad online, so maybe it's time that we draw this episode of the Downloadable Concept Podcast to a close. Right, yeah, sorry, just, just had to slip that in there. Before we go, though, I would like to say the listener, thanks to you, over the break, we were able to enjoy a pizza. Jeb got a pizza, we got a pizza. It was very lovely. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks to things like that. Your Patreon dollars work. Exactly. We we indulgently spent your money on crapulent food. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was host fuel. (laughs) More specifically, though... Your your generous donations and your support are the reason that we get to put food in our bodies sometimes. Yes. And that's yes. nice. And we are also looking at being able to upgrade our hosting thanks to Patreon contributions. So really oh, thank so you. Oh, so actually something useful. So really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, it's host fuel. Come on. Yeah. Host fuel is a very good. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm down with host fuel, which is not to be confused with ghost fuel. <laughs> We're not down with ghost fuel. <gasps> I just realized, Talon oh, hasn't shit. had to interact with the PS4 yet. No, he hasn't. I'm not going to tell him where the on button is, <laughs> but I am going to take a camera and videotape it. <laughs> Man, fuck you. <laughs> All right, until next time, that was Jeb. That was Fox. And that was at least a three-star Talon. <laughs> oh, sorry, that's a Fire Emblem Heroes joke. I didn't mention any of that stuff. Oh, well. That's an every hilarious. gotcha game joke. Goddamn hilarious. That's an every gotcha game joke. <laughs> Tune in next week when we will be turning our podcast into interpretive dance.